Hey, what's going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is Crip Rudder Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Well, today is May 4th, 2022, and it is currently 12.31 a.m. in the morning. I just got out of the shower. I'm all nice and clean. I'm ready to start podcasting. Anyway, you know, this podcast is all going to be about one of my favorite players in the NFL. His name is Nick Foles. Yeah, I know a lot of you have kind of just, you know, said, you know, Nick Foles is a guy who doesn't deserve to be in the NFL. He's a one-hit wonder. I've heard that so many times. I am here to tell you that he is not just a one-hit wonder. He's not only a good quarterback, but a really great one. I just wish teams would give him a chance. But before I get into that, you know, I have some other things I want to get off my mind, right? You know how it is, right? For the first block of my podcast, I talk about anything I want. And then the second block, I talk about the things that I promised I would talk about. And it's not to kind of lead you in into anything. You know, I kind of use this podcast kind of as like my own daily journal. Uh, And some of you are kind of interested in my thoughts other than what I'm talking about, you know, for my podcast. Like yesterday, I talked about, you know... I talked about a very heavy subject about abortion and, you know, this whole Roe versus Wade, you know, uh, verdict that may be overturned. And, but before that, I talked about the construction in my, going on in my house and how I, you know, I'd like to inspire people to work creatively and all these other things and all that, which have nothing to do about abortion because, you know, let's just, you know, be real here, you know. <laughs> Sometimes when you have a real conversation with a person, you just beat around the bush and then you come back to the bush and you beat it again. <laughs> That's the way I am. You know, this podcast is not scripted. I've, you know, I do sometimes script my podcast when it's a lot more interesting, you know, where, or not, where I need to have, um, not, not, I'm saying not a lot more interesting, a lot, when I need to be a lot more focused, right? But right now, with the way I do it is that I just turn on my phone and I have a, a bunch of bullet points in front of me. Sometimes I have a bunch of web pages open in front of me and uh, you know, YouTube videos that I want to play and our articles I want to read. And I just read it. I take a look at these little articles and everything and little bullet points of information. And I just say it as it comes to my brain. And I don't rewrite it. I don't edit it. A lot of people edit their podcasts. You know, I just don't think it's being honest. You know, I think one of the best things about podcasts is that you're you're just getting to hear someone's opinion out there, <laughs> like when it's given to you, you know, as a first draft. Yeah, as the opinion comes straight out of their mouth. And that's why a lot of times there's like, you know, pauses and thoughts, you know, just stuttering, stammering, all those different things that are natural and real dialogue, not rehearsed, not perfect dialogue that you see in the movies. You know, when you watch movies, it takes about 10, 100 takes to get it 100% correct. And then on top of that, they edit things back and forth. You know, anytime you see a, a cut to, a lot of times, those are not, they're, they're cutting because they need to, because the actor screwed up on their dialogue and they're, you know, putting two pieces together, you know, that are, that have nothing to do with each other, but their dialogue sounds perfect. So sometimes it's fake. And this actor, when you, you see, for example, you hear Johnny Depp on, on, um, on trial right now, you hear his real dialogue, his real human dialogue, right? Going on right now. And it's nothing compared to what you see on screen, right? Nothing compared. Anyway. I'm going off on a tangent, and that's part about being real, right? Going off on a tangent. So, anyway, you know, <laughs> I want to get into something right now before I before I get into my podcast. Before I talk start by talking about Nick Foles, but my podcast yesterday that I wrote about um, Roe versus what wrote I spoke about Roe versus Wade. Um, 
You know, when I first opened up my Anchor app today, it showed that I had no views or no listens whatsoever. It was at zero. And then when I tried to find my podcast on Spotify and some other podcast uh, apps, like such as Apple, I couldn't find it. I really couldn't find it. And then later on today, like around 5 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time, I got 40 listens all of a sudden, and then I got 60, and then I got 70 and 80, and, and it was all started to, to pile on, pile on, and it was like, I was wondering, what the hell happened? And it looked as though, because I had written Roe vs. Wade, my opinion on Roe vs. Wade inside the title, I got a little shadow banned by Apple. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine? I mean, it's just my opinion on Roe versus Wade. And because, you know, I am someone who stands on the pro-life side right now, that could change in the future. I could be pro-choice. I really, you know, you, you know, just because you change positions doesn't mean you're a hypocrite. But, you know, if new information comes down, I say, oh, I'm pro-choice and I'm pro-choice, right? But right now, as it stands, I'm pro-life. And But it was just my two cents on, on what's happening. I took an article that the AP wrote. And by the way, the AP wrote... <laughs> They have to hire a new editing, the new editor over there. They have no idea how to edit, edit sentences. I mean, geez, for Christ's sakes. I mean, you know, there, there's some sentences in there that I had to rewrite as I read it. But anyway, I just read an article and they started, then I started having to paraphrase it because it started to read like a, like a law document. But, um, you know, that's all I did. And I got shadow banned for that. You know, apparently there's somewhere over there, someone over there in Apple who's listening to my podcast, and some of them are saying, well, I don't I don't really care for his opinion too much. So they're putting my, like my podcast is a lot harder to find than others <laughs> that share the same opinion. So uh, if you want to listen to my opinion, and I think some of you are kind of interested in it, make sure to subscribe to me or to follow me, whatever the word is for podcast. I think it's follow. So yeah, make sure you follow follow me and make sure you have that little ringer on the top there that makes sure so when I release a new podcast, you get to hear my opinion whether or not you love it or hate it. All right. Anyway, so I'm going to cut the commercial here and when we get back, I am going to talk about my man, Nick Foles, all right? We are going to get straight into this because I think he's not only a good quarterback, he's a great one. He's a free agent right now. And some team, you know, I'm hoping is going to sweep them up. And I hope that one team is a good team. So here's the commercial. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So... If you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Okay, everyone, I am back from that commercial break, and I hope you are too. We are about to talk about Nick Foles here. All right. You know, I should be in charge of his fan club because I am his greatest defender out there on the internet. Whenever somebody writes something negative about Nick Foles, I'm, I'm first in line to defend this guy because I think he's great. There's a soft spot in my heart for Nick Foles uh, because, number one, he won the Super Bowl for my Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, number two, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a, um, 
He's a strong Christian with a good sense of morals. He's not no Antonio Brown. He's not someone out there who's going to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to bankrupt your team because I am this greedy. He's, <laughs> you know, he, he works so well with others. And every team that he's been on, all of his teammates have said, we love this guy. We really, really do. So, I mean, even, 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 uh, Justin Fields, right? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Justin Fields, uh, Gardner, Gardner Minshew, uh, Carson Wentz loves Nick Foles, even though I think he's a little jealous of Nick Foles right now. But let's get into this topic here. So why do I like Nick Foles so much? Well, number one, uh, other than the Super Bowl thing, uh, when he first came into this league, uh, and as a rookie in 2012, uh, my friend, my really good friend, uh, Brian, and I, you know, my, my friend Brian, he's a really big Philadelphia Eagles fan, we took a look at this dude and we said, you know, there's something about the rhythm, the way he drops back, reads the defense, goes up to the line of scrimmage and starts calling his own, you know, his own protections and everything. There's something about the way he operates that makes this Eagles offense looks good, look good. So, when he came into the Eagles, this was actually the last year of Andy Reid. And, uh, you know, the Eagles under Andy Reid, it didn't look good in his last year. And a lot of players were just giving up on the system. And Michael Vick was at the helm. And, uh, you know, I thought, you know, Michael Vick would, uh, you know, be a very, very good quarterback. I supported Michael Vick coming back into the league. I have no problem with actually Michael Vick being in, or having a second comeback because it looked, it looked as though he went through a lot of character growth in prison. But anyway... So Michael Vick, you know, his first year back in the NFL, you know, he just blows it up. They get rid of Donovan McNabb, and then they draft Nick Foles, right, in the third round. And, uh, and Nick Foles, he, he, went, he was drafted in 2012, and Michael Vick got injured. And uh, during this year, the Eagles were just losing, 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 didn't have many good games. But Nick Foles comes in. And all of a sudden, the offense starts looking really, really good. And what is he doing? He's going there to the line, you know, calling audibles. And he's a rookie, right? And he's winning. He's actually winning games or games are actually in play. But there's just something about the rhythm, the way he drops back, reads that defense and just whips it, you know, grips it and rips it right there and doesn't overthink too much. He just has this natural knack of getting rid of the ball really quickly. And on top of that, he throws with anticipation. And a lot of analysts start realizing, hey, this guy, he may actually be able to win a Super Bowl. And there's, even though he's not winning games at this point, you know, people like Boomer Osias and they're saying that, well, Nick Foles, he's throwing people open. And uh, a lot of, a lot of um, analysts are saying, this guy looks actually pretty darn good. So what happens at the end of that year? Well, we find out that a lot of the games that he won, Nick Foles actually caught audibles. He changed plays um, as I guess after the after the, the play was actually designed as a rookie. He told like the tight end. I think it was um, Zach Ertz, or I think it was uh, I forgot who which other which other tight end we had. It was another tight end. It wasn't really Zach Ertz, but there was another tight end. He and and uh, that tight end told told the media that Nick Foles actually had redesigned uh, that play on the fly and said to cut across the, the, the defensive back's face instead of running, running it deep. And when he did that, he actually ran, uh, he ran it in for a touchdown and he threw it right there on the money. And this is the way Nick Foles operates. He's actually, you know, he's, he flies by the seat of his pants sometimes. He reads the defense and he reacts very, very quickly. He, he reacts. He is, he's very, he's a very instinctive type of quarterback. Why don't we just say that? Right. So. Anyway, the next year, the next year rolls around and Andy Reid, of course, because the Eagles didn't win, he gets fired 
and then uh, you know M- Michael Vick. Uh, it's the same roster. Michael Vick is is uh, slated as the starter. Uh, you have Nick Foles over there, and the, and the media they really don't like Nick Foles right now. Uh, even the mainstream media over there in uh, Philadelphia they don't like Nick Foles because Michael Vick is just some type of you know athletic athletic phenom. It's, I mean, he's still got it. He can run a you know a forty yard dash in four point one. We have Lashawn McCoy who's like at his at his best. We have you know Deshaun Jackson, and we're just loaded and loaded with talent. And they're looking for another um, uh, I guess coach out there. And who did they settle upon? It's Chip Kelly. Now, Chip Kelly, uh, at this time, he was, he was the guy. He was the dude in charge over in, over in, um, Oregon. He, the Oregon Ducks. And this is when Marcus Mariota was at his greatest. And they were just, you know, kind of just, just, they were, they were like, they're like a team in college that could kind of put, they were like, they were a West Coast team that could kind of go toe to toe with Alabama. Why don't we just say that, right? And, uh, you know, Chip Kelly, he decided he wanted to test his test the waters in the NFL, and he settled on the Eagles. Now, of course, for this RPO type of uh, offense, you needed an athletic quarterback. Now, Nick Foles is athletic, but not athletic in that way. He's much more explosive on the basketball court than he is on the football court. You know, as a football player, you know he's a really great passer, but he's not a great runner. Let's be honest with that. He's like he's probably even worse than Tom Brady, right? He's like maybe on the level of Peyton Manning. <laughs> okay. So, so, uh, so, you know, Chip Kelly, of course, he wants Michael Vick, uh, to be his, uh, to be the, uh, the quarterback of the future of there for the Eagles. And again, uh, you know, they, they say they have, um, Chip Kelly comes in there. The media is saying, well, Michael Vick is going to be the starter. They do have a, uh, an open quarterback competition, but it's clear that Michael Vick, uh, they're saying in the preseason is perform, is outperforming Nick Foles because again, it's Michael Vick. Michael Vick is completely, you know, an athletic phenom, right? There's not much Michael Vicks in this entire world. I don't think there's a Michael Vick even right now uh, that is a Michael Vick like, uh, I guess, uh, uh, player in the NFL right now. It's not Kyler Murray. I'm sorry. It's not Kyler Murray, and it's not Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, Michael Vick is way faster than Kyler Murray. He has a way stronger arm than Kyler Murray, and uh, you, you know, Lamar Jackson. Is probably faster than Michael Vick, but he doesn't have that shiftiness like Michael Vick had. I mean, Michael Vick looked like a, he was a walking highlight reel. And, you know, he could turn any, anytime he had the ball in, ball in his hands, it could be a touchdown because he was just like an incredible rusher. Uh, he was much lighter on his feet than Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, though, <laughs> he does look as though he has the fastest feet ever to be in the NFL. But anyway... Okay, so anyway, the first game that comes out out of here, right out right out of the books with Chip Kelly, Michael Vick performs really really well, but every single game after that, Chip Kelly's offense looks anemic. Okay, and then uh, Michael Vick, because of age, he pulls his hamstring in the in the Giants game, and who, and the Eagles are losing. And by the way, the Eagles only won one game with Michael Vick at helm, and they started losing, and then all of a sudden. NFL analysts are saying, well, Chip Kelly's offense, it looks horrible. And here's the reasons why. And you, Boomer Esiason is just saying, you know, he looks horrible. You know, this, this offense won't work and nothing, you know, and Chip Kelly's way out of his league because, you know, the, um, the defenses can read it very easily. It's not that great, right? So who steps in here during the Giants uh, game? Well, it's Nick Foles. And Nick Foles, we're, we're actually losing that game. He performs extraordinarily well we end up winning that game against Eli Manning right 
And then throughout the course of that year, you know, he keeps winning and winning and winning. And in one game, Nick Foles throws for seven touchdowns in, against the Raiders in three quarters. All right? Three quarters. And guess what? Chip Kelly be, pulls him in the third quarter because he doesn't want Nick Foles to actually become the center of the entire team because he feels that if Nick Foles, you know, gets the all-time touchdown record per game, which is anything above seven, right, that the focus will now be on Nick Foles and not on Chip Kelly. So he pulls Nick Foles in the seventh quarter. His backup throws for too much, two, um, two more uh, touchdowns, right? <laughs> and, which is technically the third string quarterback at that time, right? Because Michael Vick was for the first, Nick Foles is number two, and this other guy was the third string. But because Michael Vick is out of there, now he's the second string, but technically he was the third string. And uh, yeah, so Nick Foles technically could have thrown for nine touchdowns in that game and would have uh, kind of made the NFL record touchdowns per game uh, kind of untouchable. Or, or untouchable, not untouchable, untouchable. I'm sorry about that. But no one likes to like to say that Nick Foles threw for seven touchdowns in three quarters and not one quarterback has ever done that since, okay? And on top of that, during that same year, he held the record for 25 consecutive passes. And um, that's tied for all-time greatest, I think, with Peyton Manning. So this is... This is a, you know, Nick Foles at this time, you think, you know, he's really, really good, right? And he's becoming the, um, I guess the, the, the talk of the town, the talk of Chip Kelly's um, offense, and Chip Kelly doesn't like that because he wants to be the, the, um, the, the talk of the town and the talk of his offense, right? He wants all credit, but Nick Foles is getting all the credit for making this offense work. So what happens? Well, Nick Foles takes them all the way to the playoffs. And they lose against um, Drew Brees and the Saints only because the defense can't hold it. And then Nick Foles, again, he he almost like wins that game because he's driving it down the field. He scores a touchdown, and lo and behold, what happens? He leaves too much time on the clock with Drew Brees, and Drew Brees you know, marches it down the field, kicks a field goal, and they win the ball game. And the Eagles are, you know, eliminated from the playoffs that year. The next year, you know, Foles gets hurt, uh, but the next year... Chip Kelly gets rid of LaShawn McCoy and uh, no, I'm sorry. He gets rid of, uh, he, he gets rid of Deshaun Jackson. Um, and he gets rid of, I think he got, he got rid of LaShawn McCoy. And, uh, all we have left is Darren Sproles, who's not as good as LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy, by the way, was at his greatest, but he gets rid of, you know, LaShawn McCoy, who was, you know, just in the, he was like the, the, the second coming of Barry Sanders at that time. And Deshaun Jackson, was the equivalent of Tyreek Hill of that time. No one could cover, you know, these two guys. And you just throw the ball to them anywhere on the field, you know, they could score. <laughs> Chip Kelly got rid of all of them. And then the year after that, Nick Foles was traded. He was traded to the Rams, all right? And this is where, you know, where Nick Foles fell out of love with football. So where does he go? He goes to the Rams, which is a losing, losing football organization in exchange for Sam Bradford. And Sam Bradford at that time wants to retire from football because Jeff Fisher is that depressing of a coach. So where do, what happens to Chip Kelly? Well, nothing. Chip Kelly, after Nick Foles leaves the offense, <laughs> you know, uh, Chip Kelly's, Chip Kelly, uh, his offense over in the Eagles, it sputters. Um, he gets, uh, I think he, he gets fired and then the 49ers pick him up. <laughs> Chip Kelly can't do anything with the 49ers. And then Chip Kelly goes back to college. All right. And he can never, he can never become the great coach in college ever again. He's over at UCLA right now. And right now that the you know, offenses have already evolved and Chip Kelly 
has not evolved with the times, unfortunately. So Chip Kelly is a no one right now. Nobody. So meanwhile, Foles is over there, over there in um over there in the Rams. And what happens over there? Well, he's not surrounded with great talent. The offensive coordinator is someone, uh, I think he was the uh, former offensive coordinator for the uh, WAC team, the, the Fresno Bulldogs, if I remember correctly. Why do I know that? Because the um, University of Hawaii Rainbow Warriors were part of the WAC at that time, and, or Mountain West. I think it was still the WAC. And we always used to play the Fresno Bulldogs, and that, that made headlines here in Hawaii that the offensive coordinator for the Fresno Bulldogs will become the offensive coordinator over there for the Rams. And <laughs> to be quite honest, college ball is different than NFL ball. And Jeff Fisher is a horrible offensive-minded coach. He's a defensive-minded coach. And Nick Foles doesn't perform well at all because primarily they don't have an offensive-minded head coach. And, you know, Nick Foles ends up like, uh, you know, leave, uh, asking to get uh, – I think he asked to get get let go from the Rams. No, he, I'm sorry, he didn't. He got he he got cut from the Rams. He got cut from the Rams, and then he contemplated, you know, retiring from the NFL at that time because Jeff Fisher. Well, he just does that to quarterbacks, right? So Sam Bradford contemplated retiring after he got released by the uh, or he got, before he got traded to the Eagles. He actually contemplated retiring, and Sam Bradford was a number one overall pick, a pretty good damn quarterback. And uh, you know what? He could not do – Jeff Fisher could not do anything with Sam Bradford. And by the way, he performed okay, somewhat okay with Chip Kelly's offense, but it was never the juggernaut it was under Foles. Now, a lot of people said that, well, a lot of the NFL defenses just started to learn a lot about, you know, um, the Chip Kelly's offense. The truth about it, that's not the truth at all. It's just be, the reason why Chip Kelly's offense, you know, didn't perform well is because you didn't have a quarterback who was throwing open receivers. All right? That's the truth. That's the truth about it. So now, Nick Foles is over there it's contemplating retirement. And Andy Reid calls up and eventually Nick Foles decides, "Hey, I'm going to go, you know, play for the Kansas City Chiefs." So he go over, goes over to the Kansas City Kansas City Chiefs and he um sits as a backup there uh, behind Alex Smith and then for after that year the Philadelphia Eagles comes calling and say, hey, come back to the Eagles. We, we, we really like you, but you're, you're going to be the backup for this other guy we drafted. His name is Carson Wentz. So, so what happens is that Carson Wentz, the previous year, now Carson Wentz, the previous year he was uh, drafted in 2016, and he started the same year. This is Carson Wentz we're talking about, right? And in that year, uh, he didn't win many games whatsoever. Uh, he won... Uh, Carson Wentz lost one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine games in twenty in, in twenty seventeen. Okay, nine games in twenty seventeen. Let me make sure that's correct. Here, hold on a second here. Yep, nine. I'm sorry. In twenty sixteen. In twenty sixteen, he he loses he loses uh nine uh nine games. So he's not very good. He's not very good. Now the next year. Carson Wentz, of course, is the number one quarterback, and he gets the start. Now, the now the ongoing narrative at that time is that Carson Wentz, the guy who was drafted really, really high, that the Eagles drafted in the in the first round, I think number two overall pick, uh, number two or number three, I think it's number two overall pick, that 
this guy is going to be the franchise of the Philadelphia Eagles, and Nick Foles will be his backup because Carson Wentz can run a really fast forty. He has a really strong arm. Um, he's really tough, six five. You know, um, he's a second coming of Ben Roethlisberger. That's the narrative going on, right? So what happens here is that uh, the next year, Carson Wentz he starts winning games. Now, why does he start winning games? That's that's the, that's the question, right? So the first w- win he has is against the Washington Redskins, right? So, you know, he, um, Carson Wentz wins that. Now, the second game against the Kansas City Chiefs, he loses. And he loses in spectacular fashion. The Eagles are winning, and then all of a sudden, Wentz starts imploding. He starts imploding as though he's the Wentz that we know today, right? When the going gets tough, Wentz just implodes. So Kansas City, you know, again, Andy Reid, Kansas City, he has Kansas City firing on all cylinders with Alex Smith, right? So Alex Smith... He wins that game 27 to 20, okay? But right, and after that though, after that one loss, Carson Wentz goes on a tear and he wins against nobody teams. We're talking about cupcake teams. So the New York Giants, they're pretty crappy. He wins against the Chargers, which were pretty crappy back then. Then the Cardinals, they had no one. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, you know, they have Cam Newton, but Cam Newton, he wasn't playing at his best. Then he plays the Redskins again, and they're no one. 49ers sucked at that time. And the Broncos really sucked. And then they play the Cowboys. They're not too good either, right? The Cowboys at that time, they were a joke. And then they play the Bears. And this is when Mitch Trubisky was also a joke, not playing very, very well. So the, because Carson Wentz won all of these games against these cupcake teams, and the only one at that time he lost was against the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, there's like chatter that Carson Wentz would be the MVP. But no one wants to view those wins in context. It's like Alabama. You know, Alabama plays, you know, they go undefeated all season, but they're playing cupcake teams, right? None of the teams are really, really that good. So people are always asking themselves, is Alabama as good as they are? You know, I mean, as, though, as good as the, the stats actually say on paper, or is it because, you know, all of the teams are really, really easy to beat? So <laughs> against, uh, against the Seattle Seahawks, Carson Wentz loses. In fact, he loses big. They only score 10 points. The Eagles lose that game dramatically, 10 to 24. And Carson Wentz looks like a guy in Darren headlights, and they're saying, oh, it's just an anomaly, right? Carson Wentz is the MVP for that year, and the next the next game against the Rams, they're also, the Rams at this time, they're actually pretty good because this is when Jeff Fisher is already fired, right? And now Jared Goff looks like the real thing. And they have, you know, um, who is that one quarterback? Uh, not quarterback, the running back. There's that one running back from Georgia who was actually pretty good. He was at his best right here. And, uh, you know, the Los Angeles Rams, they're winning this game. And then Carson Wentz, he goes in for a touchdown because he's so desperate because he, he really can't score. Um, he goes in for a touchdown and he, and uh, someone hits his knee and he, uh, and he tears his ACL. And I think it's ACL and MCL. It's a major tear. And he goes hobbling off the field. Now, when Foles steps in to replace, uh, Carson Wentz, they're already losing. All right. They're down. And uh, Nick Foles has to secure the win if they're going to um, secure home field advantage. Because at this time, there's no doubt about it that the Eagles are going to go into the playoffs. It's just a matter of where. You know, are they going to be the number one seed? Or are they just going to be a wild card? They can still lose the number one seed. Now, we've seen this happen, all right? But what, does ha- what happens here? Again, they're playing the Rams. The Rams are good. 
Sean McVay is at the helm at this time. Jared Goff is playing as though he's the number one pick. He was the number one pick at this time. Uh, Carson Wentz, again, he was number two. I'm going, I'm, going, I'm going off of this all by memory, by the way. Okay, so, so anyway, so Jared Goff, he ends up, he ends up uh, not playing that well at the last end of that game. And then Nick Foles ends up playing really, really well. And Nick Foles ends up winning that game for the Eagles, 43-35. to And then Nick Foles... He starts winning some other games. Uh, he won one against the Giants and then again against the Raiders. Uh, against the Cowboys, they lost 0-6. to This is how bad the, the Cowboys were back then. You know, Nick Foles only threw, I think, one pass or like one, one or two passes in that loss on December 31st against the Cowboys. And they scored zero points. But the Cowboys were even worse. They only scored six points. That's how bad the Cowboys were. All right. So, so again, so again, like it's not like you know, we played the Cowboys earlier in the, the year, but it's not as though they were very good at this time. So the Eagles then go into the playoffs. All right. Now, everyone out there in the media, they're just writing off the Eagles because Nick Foles, they're saying, does not look like a very, very good quarterback. Right. And they're, and they're saying Nick Foles just sucks. And even at my point at this time, I'm saying, whoa, I love Nick Foles, you know, but. You know, he really doesn't look good. He looks really rusty, right? So then he starts, see, he, the first game is against, is against Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I'm going to pull this down. Hold on a real quick second. I'm going to pull the stats here down. So let's see here. Yeah. So it's against, against Atlanta Falcons. And, uh, it's a really tough game. The Atlanta Falcons at this time, they have a really top, they have a top defense. And Matt Ryan is just coming off an MVP year. Now, the year before this, just to tell you, the year before this, or I think it was a couple years, or was, I think it was a year before this, Matt Ryan had choked in the Super Bowl. This was a year when Matt Ryan and the Falcons, they had a huge lead um, in the Super Bowl, and it looked as though they were going to win, and then Matt Ryan choked, and uh, um, Tom Brady ended up winning the, his, uh, I think his uh, sixth uh, Super Bowl ring, or either the fifth or the sixth, it's one of those, right? And... Um, and he won in this spectacular comeback fashion. I think it was one of the greatest comebacks of all time. Uh, and um, it was great. It was, it, was, it was actually great. He won in, in, in overtime. So, um, but again, this was, I think it was the season right after that that happened, that this happened. So, so uh, Matt Ryan was a former um, NFL MVP coming off this Super Bowl. And they wanted to go back to the Super Bowl. They were actually you know, predicted to win the Eagles. They were favored to win the Eagles at home. Uh, that's why the Eagles felt disrespected, and all of that was because Nick Foles was the starting quarterback. So who ends up winning that game? Well, it's Nick Foles and the Eagles, of course, right? And they won it in spectacular fashion. Now, at the end of that game, it was really interesting because Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons, and um, who, was their court, who was their wide receiver? I forgot who their wide receiver. But anyway, they had, they had a top, they had a really, really good wide receiver at that time. And uh, Matt Ryan just blew it. Uh, he threw that pass way too high and way too long. And uh, they were right there on the goal line. They had to score a, a touchdown to win the game at the last second. And, uh, you know, the defensive back made a play, but Matt Ryan also didn't throw a very good pass. Matt Ryan choked. And that's what Matt Ryan is known for. He's not clutch. He'll never be clutch. You know, how many years have we seen Matt Ryan? He's not clutch. And he's still considered a good quarterback. I have no idea why. You know, so, so anyway, Matt Ryan loses that game. They don't go, end up going back to the Super Bowl. Now, the next game after that, of course, 
Nick Foles has to play the Minnesota Vikings, and he's playing Minnesota Vikings, and they're a hot team. They just come off of this really spectacular game against the, the New Orleans Saints where they score a last-minute touchdown against Drew Brees, not the Saints out of, the, out of contention. And the Saints at this time with Drew Brees, they looked as though they're going to be the favorite because, you know, Drew Brees is just, you know, Drew Brees, right? He's playing really, really good. But for some reason, you know, <laughs> you know, the Minnesota Vikings, they squeeze out a win here. And the Minnesota Vikings, by the way, have the number one defense in the NFL. They're freaking awesome, okay? Okay, so make no doubt about it that the Minnesota Vikings are no joke whatsoever. And everyone is expecting that the Minnesota Viking, Vikings and Case Keenum, they're just going to run over the Eagles. Well, what happens? Nick Foles happens. Now, the defense, now the Eagles defense also plays a really good role in here because the Eagles defense holds the Minnesota Vikings to only one touchdown, okay? But Nick Foles goes, goes on a route and ends up like running the scoreboard. And the final score ends up being 38 to 7. And I think after, I think the second quarter, everybody had a feeling that this game was over. I mean, Nick Foles was on fire. Nick Foles was, he was, he, he was dropping dimes on this, on this game, right? Like, and I don't care what the coverage was because, you know, the cover, Minnesota Vikings, their DBs were covering the, the, um, the receivers really, really good. Nick Foles was doing what Nick Foles does, throwing receivers open and dropping dimes over the receive, over the defender and right only where the receiver could get it, down the chimney. And that's what Nick Foles does so well. I realized this from the very first time when Nick Foles was drafted, okay? So then now, again, we go to the Super Bowl, okay? We go to the Super Bowl. Nick Foles ends up winning that Super Bowl against Tom Brady. We all know about that. But this in this game... Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, their defense, they can't stop Tom Brady. And Tom Brady has what, actually, he has the statistically the best game any quarterback has ever had in the NFL. He played his best game he's ever played in the NFL. The best game, all right? And um, the, the Eagles defense can't hold him at all. The Eagles defense only have one, they only had one play that really mattered in that game was that when they sacked Tom Brady and he fumbled the ball. All right. That was the only time that uh, the defense actually stepped up to the plate. Now it made a difference, right? But the Eagles still end up winning 41 to 33. And it's primarily because Nick Foles went toe to toe with the goat and outperformed him on that day. So let me ask you this. Can a one hit wonder throw seven touchdowns in a game? Right, throw 25 consecutive passes and all that, and tie the record. You know, we go through Atlanta Falcons, Minnesota Vikings, and then beat the GOAT. <laughs> I don't think so. That's not a one hit wonder. Okay, so what does the Eagles do, right, with this guy? Well, they reassign him, uh, they sign him to a, a two year contract, they give him a pretty good bonus, right. But they, they say that Wentz is still the future to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, in hindsight, we can kind of say that, wow, that was 100% wrong because Wentz is a freaking bad quarterback. He can't even get the Jaguar, I mean, he can't even get the Indianapolis Colts to the playoffs against the Jaguars, who I think only won two games in the entire season, or was it just one? I think it's two games the entire season, right? And he can't get them to the playoffs when that roster at Indy is freaking loaded. And that's why Wentz only lasted one year in Indy with the quarterback that he said could get him back. You know, Frank Reck was the quarterback that could get him back to normal, get him back to MVP level. But we know for a fact 
that Carson Wentz was never an MVP quarterback. He only won those games during the during the the Super Bowl season because those teams were cupcake teams. Now he's not playing cupcake teams, right? He's playing really good teams and he can't win. He's always had that problem. So this whole narrative that oh Carson Wentz could have you know you know beaten uh, Tom Brady in the play uh, in the Super Bowl uh, absolutely not absolutely not he could have went against the Minnesota Vikings the number one defense of all time absolutely not he could have beat the Atlanta Falcons no absolutely not now how do we even know that well the Eagles played all these teams the year after the Super Bowl by the way in the regular season right. Because uh, that's that's how the NFL schedules things, right? If you if you played them in the playoffs, more likely you're going to play them in the in the and during the regular season because the NFL wants ratings, right? And because you won the Super Bowl, you, your schedule is going to be a little bit tougher. So Carson Wentz the next year ends up playing. He ends up starting over Nick Foles, right? Not in the beginning of the season, uh, but later on. Now Nick Foles starts in the beginning of the season and he wins. He wins the first game against um, the Atlanta Falcons in a spectacular fashion. Again, almost in the same way. It's a dirty game. It's an ugly game, but Nick Foles still squeaks out the win, right? And the second win, the, the second um, game, Nick Foles ends up losing that game. And I think I think it's against the Bucks, but it's but it's has no, it's of no, it's of no fault of Nick Foles of, in that game. Now the rest of the games, <laughs> we play the Minnesota Vikings again. Same rosters. The only difference is that they have. Carson Wentz at the helm, and they lose. <laughs> they, they lose. They play the New England Patriots again. They lose. Same roster again, except Carson Wentz is at the helm. Same thing. Now, Doug Peterson, his offense looks anemic. It doesn't look like the defense, I mean, like the offense he had. And the Eagles are now at, in, this, in the year after they won the Super Bowl, they are uh, in danger of not making the playoffs. So <laughs> I'm not sure what happens, but there's a stroke of luck. I was so mad that Nick Foles wasn't starting again. I was like, oh man, I didn't even want to watch the Eagles play because it's so depressing watching them lose all the time, right? But what happens? Carson Wentz, he ends up breaking his back somehow. And uh, in order to get to the, um, Nick Foles is named the starter, but in order to get to the playoffs, the Eagles have to win the next three games and also get some help uh, and uh, which uh, who do they have to play? Well, they have to play this, the the Los Angeles Rams, and the Rams look mighty fine. They look really, really good because again, uh, you know, Sean McVay he he's got them firing on all cylinders again, and uh, they 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 go to um, the Coliseum over there in California, and uh, it's from from the first snap of the game, Nick Foles takes control. And they just rout the Rams. <laughs> from, from the beginning of the game, they, they had the Rams number. And uh, all of a sudden, the Eagles look like their old team again. Because they have their Super Bowl MVP. The next game after that, they have to play the, the Houston Texans. And this is when the, Deshaun Watson is also at his best. Okay? Right, and they have like um, some really good wide receivers. I forgot what I think they have. Devontae Adams. I think they have Devontae Adams. No, some other guy. The guy who's playing for the the Cardinals. I I'm not going to look up at his name. Anyway, their their team is loaded. The Houston Texans are loaded. They're playing it at the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, no, they're playing at Houston. No, I think they're they're playing at at, at Philly. Uh, but anyway, this is a really tough game, and what ends up happening is that uh, you know Nick Foles ends up winning that game. And then after that, they win an easy game against Washington, and they're in the playoffs. Now they have to go into the playoffs 
and they win it against the Chicago Bears, who is the number one defense of all time at that point. At that point in the NFL, Mitch Trubisky is playing pretty damn good, and they have, they actually have um, the number one defense. And Nick Foles goes over there to the Bears and wins at the Bears. Now, it's really hard to win at the Bears, especially in the playoffs, especially when they have a defense which is so good. The defense was pretty awesome back then, right? Then they go over to um, New Orleans and they end up losing um, uh, at New Orleans because Elshon Jeffrey ends up dropping a perfect pass from Nick Foles. And uh, it looked as though Nick Foles, in that game, Nick Foles uh, looked as though he was going to route, you know, the, the, um, uh, route, route the Saints because he, st- he started scoring really, really quickly in the first two, I think the first two possessions. Uh, but then... You know, they ended up giving up the lead. Uh, Nick Foles ended up getting intercepted by a spectacular play by the DB. I forgot his name. I think it was uh, something Lattimore. Really, really good uh, defensive back. I think he's still a good defensive back to this very day. But he ends up, uh, they end up losing that game because um, in the, on, the last, on the last drive where Nick Foles is actually going to score a touchdown, and they're within field goal range, but they have to score a touchdown, Elshon Jeffrey lets a pass sell right through his hands, and it ends up getting intercepted. All Drew Brees has to do is, like, take a knee. But you know what? They could have, like, you know, they could have won that game. I really think they could have won that game. It just felt that Nick Foles had that magic going. The next year after that, now, this is what, this is what happens, right? The next year after that is that Nick Foles, because the Philadelphia Eagles still think that Carson Wentz is still their franchise quarterback, they end up you know, uh, ending, they end up allowing Nick Foles to buy out the rest of his contract. He ends up going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And who's over there at the Jacksonville Jaguars? No one. No one. They have a horrible line. They don't have a very good defense. No, they, I'm sorry. They have a very good defense, but they don't have a very good offense. You know, and their coach is Doug Marone. Who the hell is Doug Marone? He's a nobody, right? So he ends up going there to... Um, he ends up going there primarily because uh, John D. Filippo is a is the quarterback coach there or the offensive coordinator. Well, it come comes to be that John D. Filippo is not a really good offensive coordinator, right? And uh, Nick Foles ends up getting hurt on the first, I think, their first or second play, the first drive that year that he was supposed to start. And Gardner Minshew, he arrives in the NFL and he's actually pretty darn good. And when Nick Foles, and he's a lot more mobile than, mobile than Nick Foles, so when Nick Foles. Um, uh, is a, is a healthy? He doesn't really start, and then uh, when he he's allowed when he gets back when he's allowed to start again, he doesn't look as good as Gardner Minshew because the line can't hold. You know, the offensive line can't hold for like you know someone who's like a statue like Nick Foles, and Gardner Minshew just looks a lot better. So Gardner Minshew, he ends up you know um, he, he he ends up like uh, starting the rest of the season, and Nick Foles is on the sideline, right? So. You know, that was Nick Foles' career over there in the Jaguars. Now, a lot of people say, oh, he didn't, Nick Foles did not perform very good because Nick Foles is a one-hit wonder. No, it's more because of Doug Marone. Who the hell is Doug Marone? You have no line. You have no receivers. You know, you don't have a a very good running back back then. Um, And then um, that's it. That's it, right? So then he, where does he end up going? (laughs) Not back to the Eagles. He ends up going to the Bears. (laughs) <laughs> because he has a friend over there, Matt Nagy, and Matt Nagy wants to, he's looking for a different excuse. He's looking for a quarterback that could rescue um, his team from Mitch Trubisky. Now, Mitch Trubisky is not a good quarterback anymore. He had that one year, he's not a good quarterback. Now, some people think he's still a good quarterback, uh, but I don't, okay? So he goes over there, he unseats Mitch Trubisky, but he doesn't play very well because Matt Nagy, <laughs> 
He wants his plays called, and Matt Nagy is a horrible play caller. I mean, even the own Chicago media is saying Matt Nagy's a horrible play caller, and the cameras catch Nick Foles yelling at Matt Nagy because he's not calling the right type of plays or not calling them fast enough, okay? So Nick Foles, uh, he doesn't end up being, you know, he ends up uh, uh, only being a backup over there, and then, and then what happens the year after that they bring in Andy Dalton. He ends up becoming the third-string quarterback for I don't know what reason why because Andy Dalton is not better than Nick Foles. And now the media has painted Nick Foles as a one-hit wonder and a loser quarterback. And that's his career. Can you tell me, and I just gave you Nick Foles' quarterback, uh, I guess, history in the NFL in about 36 minutes, right? Can you tell me that... Nick Foles now, learning all about Nick Foles is that he's actually a bad quarterback. I gave you almost every single beat of his quarterback history. He's not a bad quarterback. In fact, he's actually pretty darn good. You know that he holds the highest all-time pass completion percentage in the playoffs. This guy won the GOAT at his best. And he's won the GOAT twice. Tom Brady, he can't win against Nick Foles. Even if Nick Foles has a bad team, Nick Foles still has his number. Out of any quarterback out there, Tom Brady has yet to beat Nick Foles. Nick, <laughs> Tom Brady can beat Peyton Manning, right? But he can't beat Nick Foles. He's also beat Eli Manning, by the way. He just hasn't beaten Eli Manning in the Super Bowl. But there's only two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl that actually have beat Tom Brady. That's Eli Manning and Nick Foles, all right? <laughs> all right, that's my argument. That's my argument. Now, right now, Nick Foles is a free agent. I want to I want to see him go to a really good team with really good receivers. I'm hoping Seattle picks him up. I'm really, really hoping. Uh, I don't think he's going to get a huge contract. I think he'll get maybe a journeyman contract, but I don't know. I just I don't care. I just want him that I just want him to have the opportunity to start. I don't want him to go to a crappy team and help him be part of the, re- the rebuilding process there. No. He can actually win another Super Bowl. He can actually do it. All right. So we'll see what happens. You know, there's a lot of like um, people out there, a lot of other podcasters out there. I, I listen to them. They're out there saying that Nick Foles should be out of the NFL. No, Nick Foles is better than Tua. He's better than Kyler Murray. He's better than Lamar Jackson. He may not be more physically gifted than them, but he's better. All right. Take a, take a look at his win and his win loss record. And his playoff record, all right? You know, Kyler Murray, he chokes. He chokes. Look what he does. He's better than Carson Wentz. Why is Carson Wentz still in the NFL? That's what I want to know. Why is he given the chance over there at the Washington Redskins? Oh, I'm sorry, the Washington, or the Washington Commanders now. Why is he given a chance there? Did the general managers over in Washington not watch any game over there in Indy? It's already proven. That it's not the coaching with Carson Wentz. It's Carson Wentz. He was never, ever that good. He was never, ever that good. The Eagles got rid of their franchise quarterback for Jalen Hurts. Nick Foles is better than Jalen Hurts. Let's be honest with that, right? Is Nick Foles better than Dak Prescott? I think so. So why should Nick Foles be out of the playoffs, right? Is Nick Foles better than... um? Let's, let's see here. Uh, I guess whoever is starting, whoever was starting over there in Washington. How about the Jets quarterback right there? That rookie over there. He's not doing that great. You know, the, there's only a few quarterbacks who I can say that Nick Foles isn't better than. 
And that's probably, you know, maybe Josh Allen, maybe a good argument there. Josh Allen looks pretty darn good, right? And then you have, um, who's the other quarterback? Of course, Tom Brady. Maybe he's not better than Tom Brady, but I think he can keep up with Tom Brady. Um, but also maybe Russell Wilson. But we get this. Nick Foles can go toe-to-toe with these Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and he can beat them. In fact, over there in Chicago, he, you know, with a crappy team, with Matt Nagy calling the plays, Nick Foles beat Russell Wilson at Seattle. You know how hard that is to beat Russell Wilson at Seattle? That's really, really tough. Even when Seattle not, is not at their best, it's still really tough to go over there and beat, and beat what do you call like uh, Russell Wilson at Seattle, at home. It's really hard. All right, people. Well, that's my podcast for today. Sorry if you, you know, kind of like uh, got a little emotional there, but you know, just a really big fan of Nick Foles. I want, I don't want him to to be out of the NFL just yet. Why don't we just say that? All right, that's it for today. I will talk to you all later. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.